Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Week 5 reactions with Ethan Schapp and Matthew Schwab. The first game we're going to talk about is the Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders, but this game was actually played in London. Um, once again, rookie running back Josh Jacobs had another amazing game. He ran for 123 yards on 26 carries uh, for two touchdowns. And the Raiders offense is actually looking pretty impressive, especially with the um the rough offseason with the whole Antonio Brown thing and John Gruden I think has done a great job of controlling this team. Uh he lost his one of his team captains, uh, perfect with uh, his illegal hit that got him suspended for the rest of the season. And despite all this, John Gruden has gotten his team to a three and two record which is pretty impressive. Uh for the Chicago Bears, their offense is still struggling. Chase Daniels made his uh first start of the season. And he did throw for two touchdowns, but two had two interceptions. And ultimately, their offense came up short, and they lost the game 21-24. to 24. I expected more out of Chase Daniel because this wasn't his first start of his career. He's played in the NFL before. So I was expecting him to go out there and do a little bit more than just two touchdowns and two interceptions against a rather weak Oakland defense. I was expecting him to get more maybe – two touchdowns to one or maybe even zero interceptions and a higher QB rating than just 87.89.7. The Bears defense had the worst game I've seen them play in a while. Um, They they struggled to contain Oakland's offense, which was a surprise for me to see. I will say that for a London game, wasn't really the best reflection of the NFL. There were a lot of sloppy plays that happened during the game. Um, not everything was NFL standard uh, comparing it to most other games. Uh, plays like completely missing your halfback on a toss um, or overthrowing your receiver by 10 feet to throw an interception. Things just didn't go well for either team, and uh, it was kind of a sloppy game at times, but it ended up being a good one with Chicago scoring 21 points in the third quarter alone to actually take the lead from the Raiders, but the Raiders ended up scoring a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to win the game. Um, One thing I want to say about the Raiders moving forward, uh, after this game they went and made a trade the Bills uh, wide receiver Zay Jones and it only cost them a fifth round pick in 2021 draft uh, I think this is a step in the right direction uh, Derek Carr doesn't have many uh, weapons on the offense and Zay Jones is a nice piece to the offense he brings speed in a uh, he brings speed to their wide receiver core a very weak wide receiver core as it is now so I'm excited to see what John Gruden can come up with uh, Zay Jones in this offense so the next game we're going to be talking about is Jacksonville Jaguars versus Carolina Panthers. Um, I know he had three fumbles, but this was still a really good game for Gardner Minshew. Uh, I I can get past the three fumbles simply because the Jaguars have an absolutely god awful offensive line. So I can I can ignore the whole fumbling issue. Other than that, he did have two touchdowns, 374 yards, no interceptions. Um, Fournette also 23 carries, 108 yards in the touchdown. So both of those guys had major games. Um, 
I'm still not sold on Kyle Allen. Still not sold on Kyle Allen. Um, I know he did have a touchdown. He hasn't thrown too many interceptions. Um, and he's also 3-0 and as a starter. But, I, like, there's just something about him that just I cannot buy. I feel like... I feel like in a big game situation, he is not going to be the guy to come through. I like I I wouldn't trust him to win a game. Obviously, I don't know. I just don't like him. There's just something about it. Um, Christian McCaffrey though, I like a lot of things about Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm not just saying that because of. Uh, relationships with him uh, from my grandfather knowing his grandfather going to the same school but I love Christian McCaffrey um, fantastic football player he's an absolute workhorse uh, there isn't a single thing on the field that he can't do apparently other than throw the ball because he did miss his only throw but that's besides the point uh, he did have two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown uh, on the day with 176 rushing yards, which is a fantastic game. Um, uh, this Carolina offense is mainly, well, actually, no, it it just is Christian McCaffrey. There's there's really nobody else in my eyes. Kyle Allen is not a sufficient quarterback. Uh, neither is Cam Newton, though. And DJ Moore, he can be dangerous, but got to have a guy throwing you the ball, and I don't think Kyle Allen's the guy to get the job done. Uh, in this game, uh, I was very impressed by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, since Kyle Allen has stepped in for Cam Newton, he's turned his team from 0-2 to 3-2. Uh, so he's won all three of his games. Um, it was still the same struggling team that Cam had. Only difference is you plug Kyle Allen in. Uh, CG, um, Christian McCaffrey has still been the workhorse. But Kyle Allen has got it, come in and thrown for five touchdowns and zero interceptions. So he's playing smart, conservative football. Um, low on turnovers is exactly what you want from a quarterback, especially a backup quarterback. Um, McCaffrey, like Schwab said, is just an absolute beast. He's he's pretty much their whole entire offense. Uh, DJ Moore, though, in this game, I think played particularly well. He had uh, six catches for 91 yards. Uh, no touchdown, though. But, no, he did have a long of 52 yards, which was an absolute perfect, perfect pass from Kyle Allen down the sideline. Um, uh, Leonard Fournette said... Uh, Two games in a row now for over 100 uh, rushing yards, which is nice to see. It's, uh, he's getting back into the – getting back to his height of his career from two years ago before all the off-field off problems set in and then on-field fight. Uh, for, for me, Gardner Minshew throwing for two touchdowns and then fumbling the ball three times and losing all three of them. Uh, I have a bigger problem with, with – I have a bigger problem with it than Schwab because – the Jaguars only lost by seven, so if he doesn't turn the ball over those three times, they probably have this win. And I understand the offensive line is bad, but you need to be somewhat of aware of the pocket. So, um, overall, I think Gardner Minshew's been great, and I'm looking forward to him in next week's game. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, in this game, Aaron Rodgers threw for 22 out of his 34 passes for 238 yards. Uh, he threw for zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. But the big player of the game was Aaron Jones with his 19 carries, 107 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, Aaron Rodgers, once again, has gone into Dallas and showed out. Um, 
I think the Cowboys are favored in this game. It was definitely going to be a close game, but Aaron Rodgers showed that even without um, Devontae Adams as number one target, he still can put up 34 points and carry his team to a 4-1 and record. Dallas Cowboys, um, especially Dak Prescott, struggled. He uh, only completed 27 out of his 44 passes. He did put up 463 passing yards, which is a very high number. But he threw for two touchdowns and three interceptions and just struggled. He had a QBR rating of 27.1. And once again, Zeke is off to a slow start. He had 12 carries for 62 yards and one touchdown. Uh, I think with that O-line, he needs to do more. Amari Cooper had a good game, though. He had 11 catches for 226 yards with a touchdown. He had an impressive performance. But other than that, Dallas Cowboys uh, came up small to me in this game. So, obviously, Dak Prescott struggled um, mainly, well, actually, no, entirely in the first half. In the second half, Dak Prescott was amazing. He was fantastic, actually, throwing for the majority of his passing yards, roughly 300 or so in the second half alone with two touchdowns and just one interception and nearly bringing the Cowboys back to beat the Packers. But again, um, watching the game and watching Aaron Jones do what he was doing. I mean, if you're leading your team in both rushing and receiving and scoring four touchdowns, actually scoring almost all of your team's points, um, that is just, that's something amazing. That's something to be, that's something to watch. Um, Aaron Jones had a fantastic game. Obviously, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to keep that up. That is a performance that nobody can do in back-to-back weeks or for an entire season. Um, tying the franchise record for rushing touchdowns in a single game um, with four, obviously, um, other than that, I think that this Packers team is a lot stronger than what people initially thought they were, especially their defense, and this Cowboys team is a lot weaker than what everybody thought, especially their defense. Uh, I just want to point out one player on the Packers defense, uh, Kevin King, who was, uh, questionable this whole week, well, he decided to play, and he also had a big impact with his one interception, so, uh, just... Noticing him, and he's a very young and uh, going to be a great player in the NFL. Next game we're going to be talking about is the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was the worst game I have ever seen Lamar Jackson play. Even last year in the playoffs against the Chargers, he played bad for the first three quarters, but in the fourth quarter he came back and played amazing. This game was by far the worst of his career. Um... He threw three interceptions on the day, um, but, I mean, he still managed to somehow lead the, the team in rushing yards. Um, I, I have a big issue with this whole thing, and it's Baltimore's defense. Um, so far this season, they've allowed 62 first-half points and 61 second-half points. Um, those numbers just aren't going to cut it, like, when you put it that way, they're giving up roughly 13 points per per half, um, which is just not acceptable in any way, shape, or form, and it's not going to win you football games. This defense needs to 
This defense needs to catch its footing. Um, they need to whatever whatever it is that's going on, whether it's defensive coordinator or maybe the simple fact that they have the second oldest defense in the entire NFL, and that those players just can't keep up with young guys like Juju Smith-Schuster um, and James Conner. I don't know what it is, but the Ravens need to fix their defense. Uh, there's a lot of issues and a lot of holes in that defense that need to be resolved. Um, and until that happens, I don't see the Ravens. I don't see the Ravens going far in the playoffs. I do see them making it because the Browns are the Browns are struggling, uh, and so are the Steelers and Bengals, obviously. Um, so I do see Baltimore making the playoffs, but I don't see them going far because their defense has been absolutely atrocious. Um, I will first want to talk about Lamar Jackson uh, in this in this last week's game and the statement that uh, this is the worst game he's played uh, in his career. I actually strongly disagree with this. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is getting a way too much heat uh, for this game. He completed 19 of his 28 passes for 161 passing yards. He also led the team in rushing yards with 70 rushing yards on 14 carries. Uh, Ingram had 19 carries and only managed to get 44 yards. With That would be an average of 2.3. Lamar averaged 5 uh, yards a run. And Lamar Jackson, he did throw three picks. Uh, the first pick was a throw across the middle to um, Mark Andrews, where uh, Mark Andrews, when he was hit in the middle of the field, started – Looking for the ref and calling the uh, for the looking into the ref to get a pass interference call instead of continuing to play in the ball, which just let the middle linebacker run under it and intercept it. The second pick was right before halftime, which was probably the worst single play I've seen Lamar Jackson have. Uh, there was 33 seconds left in the in the second quarter, and all we had to do was run. All the Ravens had to do was run the ball and drain out the clock. And instead, Lamar Jackson uh, sat in the pocket, looked to the sideline. Totally misread the coverage and threw it right to uh, Hilton on the um, Steelers. The third interception was definitely not Lamar Jackson's fault, and I don't even think it was a pick. Uh, Lamar Jackson hit uh, Nick Boyle in stride, and Nick Boyle just got the ball taken away from him by Devin Bush. And I, if you look at the, the Ravens' challenge, if you look at the replay, uh, Devin Bush clearly trapped the ball. The ground assisted his catch, so... Not only that, I don't think it should have been an interception. It hit Nick Boyle in the hands, and Nick Boyle had possession of it, and it was taken from him. So that's not on Lamar. So two of these interceptions that he had, I wouldn't put on Lamar. So I think that the the blame that he's catching for this, I don't think he deserves. Uh, for the Ravens' defense, um, that is obviously their biggest struggle. They let Mason Rudolph, a backup, throw for 131 yards, and then they let Devin Hodges come in and drive down the field and score a touchdown on his first drive. Uh, James Conner, they contained pretty well. He only had 55 yards. And Juju Smith-Schuster uh, had seven, 75 yards and seven catches, which is a pretty good average of 10.7, but it wasn't an explosive 100-yard-plus game. Uh, I want to credit Justin Tucker, who, uh, like always, is consistent for the Ravens. He uh, hit all four of his field goals, with the long being 48. He also hit a 46 in overtime to win. And obviously, I want to talk about Marlon Humphrey, who uh, single-handedly put this game away. He punched out the ball on Juju Smith-Schuster and then got up and recovered it, putting the field, uh, Ravens in field goal range to win the game. But Ravens' defense is looking rough, 
And honestly, the whole AFC North as a whole is looking rough. They're three and eleven in out of division play, which uh, statistically makes them the worst uh, division in the league. Which a three and two record being the number one in the uh, in division proves that. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, I want to point out two big impact players, which I predicted in the last uh, in predictions for Week Five. Uh, Philip Lindsay had 15 carries for 114 yards, which is an average of 7.6 yards a carry with a touchdown in the rushing game. In the receiving game, he had four receptions for 33 yards and an average of 8.2 yards per reception. And Cortland Sutton, who led the, led, the lead, uh, led the team in receiving yards with 92 on four catches with one touchdown. Uh, both these players are big parts of this offense. Um, they give Joe Flacco great weapons in the backfield and as a uh, – and as a threat downfield with Cortland Sutton. And it was just nice to finally see this team get their first win and to have Joe be able to get them the ball when they needed to. I bash on Joe a lot, but I'm going to give him his 30 seconds of praise right here. Um, not because he played well, because in reality he actually he actually played pretty bad. Uh, he played pretty Joe Flacco-esque. But he got a win, and I'm a firm believer that production is more important than stats. Uh, and this game was a perfect example of it. Joe Flacco threw an interception, only had one touchdown, didn't even break 200 passing yards, but got his team a win. Um, and especially against a Los Angeles Chargers team that coming into this year had playoff run hopes. In their, in their eyesight. Um, Philip Rivers definitely struggled this game. He uh, threw two interceptions and zero touchdowns. Uh, one was in the red zone on a third and goal, and he's a, he just took at least three points off the board. So um, Rivers has been struggling in the beginning of this year, and uh, their uh, defense, especially, has been um, filled with uh, injuries, and that's why the Chargers has fallen to a two and three and uh, third in this division. Time for me to bash on everybody on the Cleveland Browns roster who is not named Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, or Jarvis Landry. Um, Baker Mayfield is a different topic, but um, the Browns offensive line fell apart after last year. Once they traded away, everybody just assigned Odell Beckham, free up cap space, uh, get all the correct pieces in place. However, things didn't go over as well as they thought it would. And now, unlike last year, Baker Mayfield had roughly maybe all day in the pocket. Um, now he only has about five, 10 milliseconds. Um, and he has been forced to throw countless interceptions, no touchdowns, few passing yards. Uh, that has caused the Browns to be in the position they are now, which is two and three. Obviously it is second in the division, but it is obviously the weakest division in the NFL this year because the Steelers are one and four and the Bengals are zero and four. Um, I want to talk about the 49ers offense this game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for uh, 20 of his 29 passes for 181 yards. He had two touchdowns and zero interceptions. Uh, their rushing game was even better. Uh, with That had 275 yards. Matt Breda had 114 yards on 11 carries for a touchdown. And Tevin Coleman, who makes a nice one-two punch, had 97 yards on 16 carries and another touchdown. Um, more importantly, I want to talk about the uh, – well, actually, hold up. Before I go into the defense, uh, Kyle Shanahan 
um, with that offense, using George Kittle, Marquise Goodwin, and Kyle Huszczyk, their fullback, to like the f- the best of their abilities. They run a lot of the gadget plays, jet sweeps, a lot of stuff behind the backfield. You saw Kittle on a few runs. Huszczyk is involved in the blocking tight end. Blocking as a fullback, blocking as a tight end. He even goes out and runs routes. Um, Kyle Shanahan is really getting the most out of offense. Now on the defense, their D-line is actually amazing. Uh, it consists of Nick Bosa, Arik Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and DeForest, who are all, who are, who are all first-round draft picks, and it shows. The amount of pressure – now, the, the Browns do have a weak line, but the amount of pressure this team was getting on Baker Mayfield was incredible. Uh, they can effectively rush for and still get blitz-like pressure on most teams. And then their secondary, run by Richard Sherman, stepped up his game and was able to shut down the Browns' offense. So the next game we're going to be talking about is the Indianapolis Colts versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this was actually an off day for Jacoby Brissett, who so far uh, this year has been playing surprisingly well in place of Andrew Luck. I know he backed up Tom Brady for a while and probably learned a lot from him, which has helped him uh, throughout his career. But the big story is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Ethan's going to talk more about it later, but... He did start limping. Um, apparently, it was a reoccurring ankle injury that was beginning to flare up once again uh, that began to develop originally in training camp um, and continued on over the preseason. And he's never really taken time off to let it heal or anything. So hopefully, Patrick Mahomes can, you know, take some time off Uh even miss a practice if he has to, uh, just to let his ankle heal, um, because obviously he is the face of that franchise, and quite frankly, he is the franchise, so uh, if he goes down, the entire team goes down with him. Um, also, the Kansas City rush game was god-awful that day. Uh, they only had 36 yards total on the entire day, and other than that, Kansas City Chiefs did not look good out there, and I was very disappointed with their play. They did not look like a playoff team. Yeah, I want to talk about um, Patrick Mahomes. Like Schwab said, he's the face of this franchise. He's also this entire team. Um, their defense is very weak. Um, Mahomes is expected to throw for 300 yards uh, a week, which is unheard of in the NFL. Yeah, and he, once again, he did. He threw for 321 yards. He started limping in the second quarter and limped through the third and the fourth quarter. And like Schwab said, if your quarterback's out there limping, you need to establish the run game, which they could not do. <laughs> they ran the ball 14 times for 36 yards, which is just ridiculous. And Pat Mahomes was their second leading yeah, and Pat Mahomes was their second leading rusher with 17 yards while he was limping. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was disappointing for me this week. Uh, he, had, he touched the ball twice, both in the passing game, and fumbled it once, which was their only turnover, which was late in the drive. So... Pat Mahomes with his ankle injury, um, that's a big question mark moving forward because without him, uh, this team 100% falls apart. Another great player we want to talk about um, from the first five weeks of the season is uh, Russell Wilson. His team is currently 4-1. and one. Uh, Russell Wilson's completion percentage is extremely high with 73.1. He's thrown for 1,409 yards. Averaging 301 yards per game, which is the second in the league, second best in the league. Patrick Mahomes, uh, while injured, has with an ankle injury, 
has uh, averaged uh, 366 yards per game. But uh, Russell Wilson has a QBR rating of 126.3. And the most impressive stat to me, next to the completion percentage, which is extremely high at 73.1, is that he's thrown 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's playing amazing football, uh, extremely smart football. And uh, I predicted this several times in the offseason that he got paid his big money and he was going to show up this year and ball out. And that's exactly what he's done. And uh, I still have them winning this division, even though it is a very good division consisting of the L.A. Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals are not going to be good this year. They could be good in the, in the near future, but they have three really good teams in the division right now. And I'm just excited to see how Russell Wilson continues to put up this MVP season. So, uh, a big player that I've wanted to talk about for a while, because he doesn't get nearly enough credit as he should, is Kyler Murray. It's because he's on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a terrible football team. I mean, like, everything that they do just falls apart. Uh, everything that they touch turns into an L, except for when they play the Bengals that somehow miraculously turn into a W, but... Um, I don't know. Kyler Murray, for the number one overall pick, has honestly been nothing short of what a number one pick should be. Um, his passer rating hasn't been the best. Uh, it is only an 80.1, but again, it's his rookie season. For a rookie to have an 80.1 passer rating, that's actually really good. And for a rookie to be, what is he, top eight in the league in passing yards yeah top eight in the league in passing yards with 1324 that's really 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 good um he's also basically been carrying the entire cardinals team holding his own against each different opponent he's faced he does have an even ratio four touchdowns to four interceptions but kyler murray everything that he does turns into nothing but pure magic i mean and especially when you watch him make decisions out on the field, yeah, he's he's a rookie. He's going to make some rookie mistakes, and that's where his four interceptions come from, although some of them weren't really even his fault. Um, I don't know. I think Kyler Murray has an extremely bright future in the NFL. I think that, I think that next year he could be a pro bowler, um, and I, I don't think it's out of – the realm of possibility at all to say that this year if he you know keeps his interception count low um and uh, that continues his performance and becomes more consistent that he could be a pro bowler this year because if he becomes more consistent um i mean he does have three games in which he threw zero touchdowns but the other two games he threw two so if he can keep up that pace for the rest of the year that's that's a Pro Bowl. That's a Pro Bowl year for a rookie, um, which is not something you see every day. So I think that Kyler Murray is actually. I think that Kyler Murray is having a really good year, um, especially for kind of the kind of the aura around number one picks that they either completely disappoint or they slightly disappoint and are good but don't live up to the number one overall hype 
Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's been that number one overall hype. I mean, he's also got 206 rushing yards, which is really good. That goes along with two rushing touchdowns. I don't know. I just think that Kyler Murray, um, for the situation that he's in with no running back, David Johnson's been pretty much out of commission for the past three years. Um, and his number one wide receiver being the ageless wonder himself, Larry Fitzgerald. Kyler Murray's done a fantastic job of, you know, staying calm and composed behind possibly the worst offensive line in the NFL. Um, and, you know, making things work. Obviously, he's not going to get a win every week, but that's that's just how life is in the NFL, and that's how life is in football. You're not going to come out with a win every Sunday, um, and Kyler Kyler knows that. So I think that I think that he has a bright future in the NFL, and I I think he's incredible to watch, even if he doesn't get a win.